Welcome to episode 14 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is with Kevin and Kelly from the Weck Whovians podcast, and today we are talking Doctor Who. I have quickly become a big fan since catching up last December, so I hope you're all ready. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice. Welcome again, Dragons, to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. My name is Kenny Rotter. This episode today is very awesome, and the reason I'm saying that is because it features two of my very first podcast friends from the WEC podcast, Kevin and Kelly. How are you guys? How are you doing today? Good. Doing great. Thanks. It's great to be here. Excellent. I'm so glad that we finally got a chance to get you all on mostly because I've been on your podcast. We've all been on Joe's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel that this is, this is where we needed to be. This brings us full circle. Absolutely. <laughs> the next step will be, uh, Mandy and Katie going on yours. So we'll have to work on them. <laughs> you mean, you mean Mandy on the podcast while Katie giggles in the background? Yeah. Exactly. I, I remember she told me that. If she ever came on the podcast, that's what she would do. And so that's how I include her in all my show notes. It might happen. It might not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Just because I, I've known you guys for a few months now, no one else really does. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, I am Kevin. I am... I am a co-host on WEC Podcast with my colleague sitting next to me, Kelly and Mandy and Katie, and we do that podcast, which is essentially three women and one guy talking about nerdy stuff and talking about whatever we like at the time, board games or comic books, sometimes nutrition and science and space stuff. So, And then the other podcast that I started with Kelly is Weck Whovians, which is a review show of the reboot of the Doctor Who series starting from 2005, and we just recently finished reviewing series one. So you can go to that, and and as you're watching the, the series one episode, you can listen to us and hear us have uh, a good time with all the episodes. So we're going to be actually doing series two very soon. So, And I love that podcast because, A, it helps me figure out stuff that I didn't realize the first time I was watching the episodes. I think there were some, some continuity things I was having issues with that I think that podcast cleared up for me. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of doing that podcast, and by the way, that's nice to hear. Um, yeah, thank you. Is we wanted to, well, my idea was to bring people who had never watched the show aboard, and and so you could just start with episode named Rose in the first series, and then start listening to us, and, and kind of, we could, 
I don't know, you could kind of enjoy the series along with us, even though we've all watched the show up to current episodes, you know, because the show actually isn't going to be produced a new episode until this Christmas. Um, this is kind of our way of, of talking about Doctor Who <laughs> during this, this gap. So, you know, if we can, if we can provide extra context to give people a little bit more information about the episodes, that's great. You know, if, if we aren't the first podcast to do this, but you know, it's kind of an excuse for Kelly and I to get together and, and BS a bit. Yeah. And, and also the, in the way things are now with television and no one watches the same thing. So to be able to watch something and talk to someone about it is it's a nice experience that really don't get anymore. Yeah. yeah. That, that is a lot of fun. I know it's, it's been very hard to find people outside of the internet to talk to about like daredevil or anything along those lines. Yeah, exactly. And see, that's kind of the beauty of podcasts. When um, I think I think I might have said this when I was, when we all met you in person, we did the the podcast at uh, at Joe's high school. I was introduced to podcasting partially because I was a fan of the TV show Lost, and I w- I started looking for podcasts of Lost, you know, fans. And that's kind of what got me really, really interested in that show because they started talking about stuff that I'd never thought about. And it gets you more excited to see the next episode. And so, you know, and and my attitude is as much as I know a, a few people who are really into Doctor Who, there are some people I know enough people who are big on science fiction, big on fantasy, like they love Game of Thrones, they love all this stuff, but they just hate Doctor Who for some reason. Yeah. And and so, I, you know, I kind of want to bridge that gap a little and make it more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really good, really good way to do it is definitely through the podcast. I know my mother-in-law hates Doctor Who. Um, she <laughs> just, no matter what, she just cannot get into it. So, well, my sister, uh, <laughs> my sister a few weeks ago, cause she, I told her that I do a podcast and she's like, well, you're going to hate me. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to hate you. And she's like, well, yeah, you're going to hate me. And I'm like, what are you going to tell me? And she says, I hate Dr. Who. <laughs> I'm like, that, that's fine. <laughs> I, that doesn't affect me at all. If you don't like it, just don't watch it. Yeah. You know? It's like I, there are things that I'm not going to watch, but, you know, and so the way I see it is our little teeny podcast in, uh, about Doctor Who is, you know, if it could bring some people aboard and start watching the show, then that's cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and real quick, before we jump, jump too much into Doctor Who, right? Um, do either of you, well, let's Kelly start with you. Uh, tell me about one of your heroes, either fictional, super, personal, something like that. Okay. Uh, uh, ooh, I don't know. Um, I guess growing up, like the, uh, the person, like a historical figure that I most admired was Helen Keller. Just oh, because she over, 
she overcame so much that it was able to to do to do things that people who were sighted and and could hear weren't able to do. So she's always someone I admired. Very cool. And Kevin. So what was the question again? Somebody like a hero that I yeah. looked up to. Yeah, or just one of your heroes, fictional. Like I always answer Spider-Man because Spider-Man's my favorite superhero of all time. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh. Well, okay. So I, I, even though I'm, I'm a, a card-carrying nerd, um, I'm also into sports. And and an early hero of mine was Wayne Gretzky. Oh. Now, because I'm a hockey fan, and for those of you who don't know sports or Wayne Gretzky, back in the NHL, there was a, a, a period where everybody was on a certain level. When Wayne Gretzky came into the league, he was like 10 levels above everybody else. It was like it was like he was an alien. Yeah. And I, I, I admire him because he wasn't the fastest skater. He wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't the hardest shooter, but he worked harder than everybody else. And, and he's, he was considered, his nickname is the great one, mostly because he was able to see a play on the ice build, you know, actually happen in his mind before it actually happened. So he could pass the puck to a specific point on the ice before the player even gets there and it would hit the guy's stick. Because he, he, he saw, he had a foresight and knew the game so well that it was just so impressive. And, and I, I just, I love Gretzky and I love hockey so much. But also the one thing I always bring up when talking about Gretzky is his number is retired from the sport. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not just... It's not just his number hanging up in the stadiums of the teams he played for. Right. Every team in the NHL has a Gretzky banner. Right. What number was he? 99. You know, it's, the only thing I know about Gretzky is Kevin Smith loves him. And for a while there, every podcast he talked about him somehow for like a year. <laughs> That's not surprising. I mean, I've gotten into full-blown arguments with people about who was who was better in their sport, Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan. And in my opinion, there's no contest. Michael Jordan's number can still be worn by everybody in the NBA. He doesn't have near as many records as as Wayne Gretzky does. And and while Jordan was really dominant and had more championships than Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky pretty much owned the league. Unlike any other player I, 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 that happened in my lifetime. And so you're right. I mean, in baseball, who there's only one number that I think that nobody touches, and that's Jackie Robinson's number. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if there's a basketball number that nobody touches. Do you know that, Kenny? No, there's not. There's not. Yeah. I mean, everyone everyone coming into the league wanted to be number 23. I think even LeBron is number 23. Right. Yeah. So. And, and so that just that does show you the kind of how 
Wayne Gretzky completely changed that that league. I mean, yeah. he was such a dominating figure. It was, watching him in the early '80s and the mid '80s was was unbelievable. I mean, I it, he, he's definitely comparable to Ma- Michael Jordan, and I hate the fact that this has turned into like like ESPN right now. And yeah, so like this, so this part of the table crickets. Right. <laughs> I, I apologize. For that, but, yeah. yeah. So, well. That, We'll cut it off right there. Wayne Gretzky is my hero. Opening up a little bit uh, so that we can include Kelly. We did did invite her. Yeah, thank you. What are your favorite areas of nerdiness? Want me to start? No, it was you. Is it me? Yeah. Okay, uh, so (laughs) my favorite things are nerdiness. Superheroes. I love superheroes. And zombies, I guess, are the two top that I really gravitate towards. Okay. Have you been, speaking of zombies, are you caught up on The Walking Dead? No, I've been so bad because I know it's going to be depressing. And so I just like trying to get into the the right mental space. So I actually, I think right now I've got six episodes of The Walking Dead and four episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead sitting on my DVR. Yeah, I've got I've got all this half season of The Walking Dead, and then uh, I I've given up on Fear of the Walking Dead. I didn't even watch any of it. But uh, I was telling Kevin before before we uh, got a hold of you, my favorite all time favorite podcast and my all time which is also my all time favorite zombie story is a podcast called We're Alive. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, it's an audio drama. And it takes place in Los Angeles, which makes it so cool because you can recognize the places. And it's a, it's a, it's called a story of survival. And it went five seasons as a podcast. It is so good. And then they just started a like spinoff series called We're Alive Lockdown, which takes place in a jail. And it's only two episodes in. So I highly recommend it. I like it so much that I actually bought the CDs of the seasons when they ended. Oh, wow. To support them because the, the, the writing quality, the acting quality, all of it is just amazing. And I want everyone to listen to this because it's so good. Oh, excellent. I will take a look at that, definitely. Yeah, that's something that interests me, so I'm definitely going to listen to that. Kevin, what are your favorite areas of nerdiness? Uh, well, when I was a young lad, I would have been Star Trek, Star Trek, the original series. That was the only science fiction that was around, which kind of tells you how old I am, maybe. <laughs> and, and then in 1977, a, a tiny little independent movie named Star Wars came out and that blew my mind and blew everybody else's mind and i've been kind of star wars ever since so wait wait star wars i've never heard of it (laughs) well it's about this farm boy (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's there's a there's a we're actually recording this on may the 4th (laughs) may the 4th be with you and i'm wearing a star wars t-shirt yeah Force Awakens t-shirt with BB-8. Mm-hmm. What is its mission? <laughs> yeah. So, so it would be those two. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, there's um, somebody. Apparently, this is there's a joke. I don't watch Arrested Development. Have you guys watched Arrested Arrested Development? I have. Yeah. 
So apparently there's a joke, and I've seen this on Twitter, where people are calling today, uh, uh, what is it? Like, what's the number for, what's four in, in Spanish? Cuatro. Oh. So, Cuatro. So uh, it would be Cuatro de Mayo, I think. Mm -hmm. So th I, there's like a, a, a Spanish Twitter for, uh, for this supposed holiday on the 4th. And apparently it's a it's an arrested development joke. And so a lot of people on Twitter have been do, posting that along with their uh, their Star Wars uh, shout out. And one of them had a GIF of Jessica, Jessica Walters on that show, who's oh, also yeah. the Archer as uh, Mallory, I think is yeah. her name, uh, handing out money to a kid. And she says and she says. Here's some money. Go see a Star War. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I would love to see that episode just to see her that scene. Go see a Star War. <laughs> oh, Arrested Development is so good. Yeah. Well, um, my cat, one of my cats, is named Maybe because of that show. <laughs> is another <laughs> one of your cats named George Michael, and they, you have to keep <laughs> them separated? No, 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 no. Oh gosh, no. And yeah, no. And my cats aren't cousins; they're brother and sister. But no, <laughs> no I, there's. A, I have a simple rule because I'm like, you know, like two. I have two cats. Because seriously, anymore, and I know that's so crazy, cat lady area. But you know, I've, <laughs> I have specific rules about naming cats. All cats' names have to begin with M. Okay. Because if you look at a tabby, they have an M on their forehead. That's part of the oh, natural part yeah. of their markings. That is true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I unfortunately the... I have never named a cat with an M name. Well, how sad for you. Yeah. I don't think I've ever named a cat. <laughs> no. Uh, there's always time. <laughs> oh, with with my wife, yes, yes, there is. Now, <laughs> what is one thing that you both are into that others might find surprising? Kevin, go first. That others might find surprising. <laughs> okay, so wait, do you want me to go like even nerdier than I already have gone? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. I do. All right, so this is something where I even talk to my fellow WEC podcast people, and they're like, huh? It's the game, isn't it? It's a game. <laughs> oh, is this the, Is I listened to this episode, is this the World War II German superpower, like, Politic game? Oh. No, yeah. this one's this one's even nerdier. Oh. Uh, okay, so this is a this is actually a sports game, and the sports game. There's a little bit of a story behind it. I'll try and condense it, but it's essentially I was a big soccer fan, still am. There was a Champions League game on today that I I listened to on the radio. If you're if you follow soccer, then you know what that means. If you don't, then whatever. <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> so I would buy these soccer magazines from the UK and to follow the English soccer teams, right? So every now and then I would see an advertisement for this game that I could not figure out. And the game is called Subudio. S-U-B-B-U-T-E-O. Subudio. And essentially if you have like this felt pitch that without with the white lines on it to you know simulate a a real soccer pitch and then you would you be you'd be given 10 little plastic figures with a 
this is where it really gets nerdy, with a tiny representation of a soccer player on a base, which on the top is flat and on the bottom is rounded. And the reason why it's rounded is you take your finger and you flick the base so that it can curve. Now, huh. is you, you play, uh, it's one-on-one, it's two players against each other. You put your uh, 10 guys and your goalie uh, on your side, and your opponent plays with his 10 figures and goalie, and you start flicking figures against a tiny little ball, and it's a manual dexterity game, essentially. Okay, yeah. So... In the 80s, this it, it became, in England, uh, super, super popular. I mean, everybody knew about this game in, in England, in Ireland, even in a lot of places in Europe. And even now, people still play it in Europe, and there's like a World Cup every single year for this game. So I hooked up with a, a bunch of people in my local area, and we, we formed a club and for a while, I was, you know, playing that rather regularly. And in fact, to, to tie this into uh, meeting you, Kenny, one of the guys who I met through this group is a guy named Sean Daly, who, if you hear this, hi, Sean, I haven't seen you in a while. Huh. Uh, Sean Daly is, works at the same high school as Joe Hogan, the host of Geektitude. And when we found out about you, Kenny, and Joe, you know, we were, we started uh, corresponding and all that. And then all of a sudden, Joe sent a message saying, asking me if I knew who Sean Daly was. And I'm like, yeah. By that, by that time, I hadn't played this game in a long time, and ne- neither had he. But you know, it was it was kind of weird how the nerdiness just kinds of kind of coalesces and. And and how it's a small world becomes like a, an actual <laughs> meaningful phrase in our lives. So anyway, Sabudio is something that not a lot of people in my life know about, but it was and still is kind of a, a love of mine. So if I can introduce to anybody to the kind of the weirdness of that, just, <laughs> just to know that it exists is, is a good thing. Okay. So now, now to Kelly. Mine's not nearly that nerdy. As nerdy as I am, or as geeky as I am. Yeah, let's see about that. Uh, it would probably be comedy, either stand-up or sketch comedy. Uh, if anyone's listened to Weck, they know that I've my <laughs> my upbringing was a little odd in that I never had a bedtime until I was nine years old. So I watched Saturday Night Live, the original run. I was like four and five years old watching Saturday Night Live. I'm so jealous. <laughs> so it imprinted. So uh, I grew up watching that. I had all the Steve Martin records. Uh, my mom had the old Bill Cosby records, which, yeah, he's a slime ball, but he was funny. They were funny. I listened to Bob Newhart records, George Carlin, all of it. That's what was me growing up. And then I happened to be... Uh, you know, a young adult when the 80s boom happened. So every special would go out and I would go to comedy clubs every once in a while to watch them. So that's my, that is totally my geek, geeky thing that I, I don't really talk about a lot. And I don't think most people know about me. Have you no. seen any famous uh, in person? Yeah. The, the, the uh, when I saw uh, probably the most famous person. Well, I saw, um, what's his name? Uh, Black. Uh, 
Louis Black. Louis Black. It's a Louis Black. Nice. He was funny. And I also saw Kramer. Uh, what's his name? Michael oh. Richards. Yeah. And that, the funny thing about that is he was performing and he had this huge ring on and he flung his hand and the ring went flying. <laughs> and it's, the rest of his set was just him. Like you could see he was trying to find it. And my friend saw it and gave it, found it and handed it back to him. Yeah. But the, his whole set was ruined because he kept looking for it and couldn't find it. And it just threw off his timing and everything. Oh, wow. oh that's a bummer. Yeah. And that was before his whole rant in the filming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, before, yeah. before Veronica and I moved, like we were right in the middle of a ton of great comedy clubs. I mean, you had the comedy store and the laugh factory, um, and the improv, like all around us. And so we would, if there was ever a night we were bored, we would just go over to one of these comedy clubs and watch either an open mic or some amateurs, and it was a blast. Yeah, I, the great thing about that is, is especially if you live close to those uh, places, uh, sometimes you see unannounced big comedians just dropping in to pr- to practice their set, and uh, and. I've never had the uh, pleasure of seeing anybody like that, but have you, uh, Kelly? No, not like that. But the best thing about comedy is comedy is really much better with a group. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just people feed off of each other and it just builds and builds and builds. So, yeah. What was interesting is we were actually at a show. It was a, it's called the secret show at the blind barber. And it's, a week before the show, they send out an email and they're like, mystery lineup, it's like five bucks to get in. So we went to one of the shows and like halfway through the show, Judd Apatow wanted to do <laughs> 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Nice. Um, And he just shows up, makes, you know, makes a few jokes and leaves. And I was just like, wow, that was really cool. Um, that's like a once in a lifetime yeah in a way because he he did, he only does that he does that very rarely now oh no he's getting back into it oh, uh, yeah. he was just he was just on nerdist talking about it oh, okay yeah he's trying to keep keep it up uh keep in those fact, muscles fresh right and he's traveling around with dimitri martin and someone else and it's the the show's titled judd ah. apatow and friends and he's going to be changing out the lineup as he travels ah, around. Apatow and Dimitri Martin, that is a pair. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dimitri Martin. He's really cool. I have no idea who that is, and I'm wondering if the internet will tell me. Do, but... you, if, do you have a Netflix at all? Yes. Definitely uh, check. There's at least one special that's yeah. currently on, and it's rather recent. Uh, it's okay. pretty He's uh, He's... How would you describe his comedy, Kelly? Um, I've only seen a little bit of him, so I'm not sure. Well, he started he started his like, when he first started to be famous. He did a lot of stuff writing on an easel, like on a piece of paper, and then he would like rip the piece of paper away and then write something else, yeah. drawings, and and the guy was very like deadpan, straight faced kind of comedy where he would just say something really absurd and never break into a laugh or, or anything. But he, he he's definitely more kind of the absurdist, straight-faced comedian, kind of like Stephen Wright, but not really. Yeah. Well, you know, most of the paper thing was uh, 
Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. Did you ever see yeah. him when he was on uh, Saturday Night Live? Uh, I His opening, so. oh my God, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And another comedian who I love is uh, his name's Stephen Lynch. Okay. And he's he sings, and his songs start off, and you just think, oh, it's the sweetest, gentlest, nicest song, and then it takes a turn to the most vile, disgusting. <laughs> it's so funny. I love him. Excellent. And um, that, that topic actually uh, is a good segue because we're going to be doing – the WEC podcast is going to be doing an episode where we're going to be talking about stand-up com- comedy and amongst other things. So Excellent. I look forward to that yeah. one. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be expanding upon this conversation. Yeah. Excellent. And so finishing up one of our last nerdy questions – before we jump into the nerdiness of Doctor Who, is <laughs> if you, if both, if either of you could have any superpower, which one would you want? I know mine. Okay, what's yours? Uh, mine's invisibility. I, I, for some reason, I like the idea of turning myself in, invisible. Now, the only thing about invisibility is it would, I would want to be able to control it. If it was something like the Invisible Man, where I have to put on like some kind of skin mask, and then I'm always invisible, that would kind of stink, and I wouldn't want to do that. But if I could just turn it on and off at will, I would love to do that. You can get into, you can get into any place you want, research stuff. That would be a a, a nice way of being uh, a, an information gatherer if you wanted to be a real superhero. If people are like denying you access to certain information, you could just walk right in and and do it. There you go, Kelly. Okay, so my my superpower that I want has nothing to be a superhero. I want to teleport because I love traveling, but I hate flying or anything. I hate getting. I hate the travel part of it. I like the being someplace new. So if I could teleport, I could just skip that and go and travel as much as I wanted. Well, what's interesting about that is someone actually said. They would want the ability to fly for that same reason, because they love traveling. But see, if you teleport, then then you could just like, you know, zap you're and you've got there. your luggage with you. If you're flying, you got to fly holding your luggage <laughs> and there'd be like like draft and, and like, you know, uh, cause pull on it and it would slow you down. So and you could drop it. Yeah. Yeah, I, You know, when people talk about having the superpower of flying, nobody thinks about luggage. I wonder why that is. <laughs> they just think it's like Superman, and you know, it's not. If you're gonna travel, you need. Well, and if you fly too, it's cold. Well, no, I have to get a, You know, you have to wear something really big and bulky because it's really cold up there. Right. And and you have to some kind of like resistance, yeah, because friction. If you're flying fast enough, you're gonna have to have something like regular clothes just like shred and everything. It's not. It's gotta think this out. It's not only. It's you know the higher you go the 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 less oxygen there is. So, you know, you might actually have to bring some kind of, you know... Or yeah. You, or you just fly lower to the ground. Good. And then you'd be under radar. <laughs> you'd be under radar. Right. Is there radar for, uh, for biological organisms? <laughs> I think it would depend on what size you are. I don't think radar would prohibit it. It's just that your it would be the size because I think it eliminates birds not because they're biological but because they're too small to be picked up. Ah, right. So, 
I want to talk a little bit about current events. And so here at the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, we have a question we like asking everybody, which is what did you do to work out nerd out this week? Which is what is one thing that you did to enhance your nerd brain or nerd passion? And what's one thing you did physically, mentally, emotionally? You want me to start? Sure. Okay, so nerd brain, I started reading The Killing Joke. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I'm like, I'm about halfway through it. So, and it's small. It's just so I got busy, so I haven't gone back to it. But um, And then I have Waiting to Read, which I will hopefully read either this week or next week, is uh, Identity Crisis, because I'm all about the DC. Oh, okay. So, so that one's supposed to be really good. And then I also got a whole... Uh, compilation of uh, Harley Quinn the, uh, from the New 52. So I'm going to be very busy with that. That's my geek. And then my working out was uh, went and saw my trainer and she's at a new place. And so it was very much CrossFit-y and it was, I'm really sore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sore. Good kind of sore or like, no, I never want to feel this again sore. Oh, no, no. Good sore. Good okay. sore. Uh, yeah, I think the thing that we did different was it was, uh, you know, on the bike to warm up and then like, uh, do a rat, uh, do a, a set, I'll go on the bike again, do another set, go on the bike again. And the bike was one that had the, I'm doing this like no one can see me except for Kevin, which it had the <laughs> handles where you're really pulling back and forth. Okay, so between, yeah. between that and doing flies with dumbbells, my pecs are so sore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That was my working Excellent. out. Excellent. That's a good workout in our note. Uh, well, mine is I binge watched a bunch of <laughs> I Justice League stuff on Netflix. So the so we're talking about some of the TV show from what year was it, Kelly? It's like nineties or two thousands. Late nineties, two thousands. And then there were two that were were kind of cool. One was Justice League War, and then Justice League. Uh, Flashpoint Paradox. And so Justice League War was kind of like a Justice League origin story, and uh, Flashpoint Paradox is based on a... Uh, it was a, a DC event comic called Flashpoint, uh, written by, I think, Jeff Johns and a couple other people. And and so they made it into an animated movie, and it was, it was really entertaining. I was kind of surprised. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was my, that was my nerd out for last week or so. Um, workout, I don't work out, but I did, I do have something that is kind of motivating me and that's it. I don't know if, do you have, Kenny, have you bought the Nerdist Way book by, uh, Chris Hardwick? I have not. It's been on my list of things to get. It's like on my Amazon wish list. Okay, well, the only reason why I bring that up is that one of the things that he recommends is because he was into Dungeons and Dragons, and what he did because he was in a really low place in his life, uh, dealing with alcoholism, dealing with uh, anxiety, dealing with a bunch of stuff, weight gain, and so what he did is he created a D and D character page of himself, where he set up certain goals on this page and he put kind of like a, uh, you know, like a progress bar 
You know, like the progress bars you see on computers, you'd have a progress bar. So there would be things like, uh, did, did you work out today? Or did you eat right today? Or all that stuff. And so he goes into real deep detail about how to do a, a character page of your own to kind of motivate you into improving areas of your life. Well, I found a, a an app, a phone app that kind of do, does the same thing. There was one that I found, and I'm not going to name it because uh, I didn't like it, uh, because it didn't have like a reward thing. And I, li I like I like the I like the award stuff. And what I mean by that is, if I complete a task that the app that I, I program in the app, then I, I kind of like just a little something like the app to tell me, yay, you're doing good or, or whatever the app tells me. So there's this one, the app that I have is called Epic Win. And you can choose like a number from a number of avatars. I have mine at, is like a, like a skeleton with a hood. And so, and so as what you do is you, there are things like strength and uh, stamina and, uh, I, I don't know all the uh, different things, but all the different uh, stuff that they have, what you do is you you have you put a task down and then you attribute it to one of the the attributes that like strength or whatever that it applies to. So for instance, if you're going to work out, then you would put this task towards strength. And then when you start to level up, you you start to you start to get like stuff unlocked in the app. So like they'll give you it'll say that you found loot, and it's really funny because some of the loot is ridiculous, like some kind of medieval Starbucks coffee cup with some <laughs> kind of like horrific fluid inside there that's supposed to it's supposed to you know energize you or something, but it it doesn't. And just all these different things. And, and it's a nice way of kind of keeping on track for the goals that you have and, and kind of keeping in that D&D uh, thing that Chris Hardwick is doing. But That's pretty putting, cool. Uh, putting it on a phone instead of doing the pen and paper thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've been doing that, and it's, it's kind of fun. It definitely keeps you on track. That's awesome. I'm, I'm definitely going to link to that, and I'll actually check that out today. So my workout nerd out has not been very much of either. Actually, sadly, I will say my nerd out, I did binge watch the entire third season of the Hulu show Deadbeat. Wow. It's, I've never even heard of it. Uh, it's 13 episodes. They're only like 23 minutes an episode, so it's not like it took very long. Um, but it's about this guy who... He's essentially a, uh, uh, he sees ghosts and he cr starts his own business to help these ghosts and make money. And it's, it's very lowbrow comedy. It's not, not a lot of high comedy, but it's so funny. Um, and he's just essentially like this giant screw up who is now trying to get his life on track by helping ghosts. Oh, I've seen the ads for this on on bus billboards. Yeah, um, and it's it's 
I love the the main characters. Uh, he's played by Tyler Lapine. I love Tyler Lapine. So, what else has he been been in? Uh, he was in the show Reaper, that was on the CW about six or seven years ago. Oh, okay. That was about um, essentially this kid got tricked into being what's called a reaper, and he would have to uh, catch escaped souls from hell and take them back to hell. And Tyler Labine was his buddy who helped him. Okay. But yeah. So, hilarious show. Love it. My workout, I have not been to the gym in like a week and a half. It's driving me nuts. But I did download uh, The Rock Clock. What is that? It is, if anyone is familiar with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I love him. (laughs) um, He created this app that's essentially kind of like, uh, where you were saying Epic Win. It's, it's, It's designed to get people to achieve their goals. So you log in, you put in whatever goal you want to have and then a deadline but it's essentially just an alarm clock but all the alarm there's no snooze button i'd be dead and the alarm clock is all like dwayne johnson doing things like the one i currently have set on it's it's uh the rock goes ring ring Ring, ring. <laughs> ring, ring! And he just gets steadily louder and more angry. Um, And since there's no snooze button, I have to get up. Or wow. sleep till... Or turn it off and then sleep for another three hours, which is never good. <laughs> it's like, I imagine... Because I, you know, I used to watch the WWE when he was on. And so I know a lot of his like catchphrases. And uh, one of them is... Um, the people's elbow, yeah, because you know, he had that elbow move where he would just like slam uh, his elbow on somebody who's like laying on the canvas. And I'm, I'm imagining this app saying something like, "Do you want me to come over there and give you the people's elbow?" <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I would love that. Would be great. Oh, I know. He had the funniest lip sync battle ever. Do you have you ever watched that show? I have. I, have. I haven't seen that episode. Oh my God, it is so funny. You have to see it. You have to find it. It's hysterical. He's I, so good. You're talking about the on the Tonight Show? No, it's an actual TV show. I think it's on Spike. Oh, it's okay. on Spike. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move. Let's let's talk. Let's talk some Doctor Who because I have questions that need answered. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. All right. Um. <laughs> So we 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 already talked a little bit about Wekhuvians. Um Is there anything else you guys want to say about Wekhuvians before we jump into more Doctor Who? Listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the way the episodes work is, and we might actually change this: is you 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 watch the episode, but then you listen to us and and you listen to how we took the show. And what we do is we kind of. We have been kind of micro uh, critical okay. of every single. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and it's funny because K 
Kevin actually, when he watches it in his notes, he has a tiny little writing. He's got like three or four pages where he's got every single detail of the, of the show. And I've got my, my notes, my journal, my notes, and mine are two pages, huge writing. And it's just the stupidest thoughts that pop in my head. As <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So- uh, if, so there's, I don't remember the episode number. I think it might be four or five, but the Dalek episode, I'm, I'm actually in that episode. I'm actually doing the lines of the Dalek in my, my representation of what a Dalek sounds like. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it here. You're going to have Thank to you. do the episode. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to say I'm never going to do it again, but, uh, <laughs> you should always do it. Whenever there's a Dalek, just hey, do it. He wasn't willing to say "mummy" for the for the empty child episode. He oh. can't say the use the Dalek voice. With the gas masks, yeah. That, oh, that episode's super creepy. Love it. Um, but anyway, if you haven't listened to Wet Hoovians, then um, I, you know it's the way I the way I've been telling people about our episodes is you don't even have to watch the episode. You can just <laughs> listen to us. Talk about it and you can of every episode. Yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> That's true, actually. You actually could, you could get, a, you do get a giant uh, recap of every episode with, uh, with the and, podcast. And if you do listen to it, the first couple episodes, we really do love the show. We're really harsh on it. But the show gets better and we're much nicer about it. Yeah. And though my feelings towards Rose really never change. You were <laughs> mad hating on Rose. <laughs> She's awful. And oh. it's not the it's not the actress. I like what Billy Piper. She's fine, and I love her in Penny Dreadful. But oh my gosh, that character is horrible. Yeah, it's mostly a reaction of how the writers have written the character. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, really, would 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 a, a human being really do that? Or does that make really make sense for this person's situation? Or gosh, how awful has she been to Mickey? You know all that. Oh my god. Well, and and the thing is, is like towards the end of uh, series one, you could tell the writers start to hate her too because like Moffat has her hanging, being bombed, and and all this horrible stuff starts happening to her. I'm like, well, they don't like her either. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, so let's start with everybody's favorite doctor, Kelly. Go first. Tennant. Hands down. David He's my Tennant. doctor. David Tennant. Why? Uh, because he was funny and serious, and I love that. He he just was so, and he wasn't nearly as alien. Eccleston was very alien, and you didn't, I didn't get that as much from from Tenet. Tenet was as fun. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But deadly. Yeah. Yeah. And he had my favorite companion. could get to later. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm not saying the name. Right. Okay, yes, we're going to... Well, okay, we'll do that after Favorite Doctor. Kevin, who's your favorite doctor? I actually kind of... I have recently changed because earlier... Earlier, I would have I immediately said Tom Baker because that was the, the doctor that I watched when I first started getting into the show. So we're talking like mid to late seventies here. And so that was, so if, if somebody says, who's your doctor, that's my doctor. Tom Baker's my doctor. But if I said my favorite doctor, 
I'm kind of I'm, I'm with Kelly. It's David Tennant. David Tennant just just kind of owned that role like no one has done since Tom Baker, and has almost eclipsed in some ways, uh, and in many people's minds, the what Doctor Who is in people in people's imagination. So if you look at it's like kind of like if you get show somebody Matt Smith. Maybe not a lot of people are gonna know who he is. I think, I think younger people would. But if you look, if you show people David Tennant, they go, "Oh, that's that's Doctor Who." That's the same thing happens with Tom Baker. You show them the long scarf, you show them the the '70s curly hair, and people immediately tag him with Doctor Who. And so, you know, to me right now, it's Tennant because he's you know, he, in the, the during the reboot, he was probably the most fun doctor, I think, and probably had the best stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what about you? Okay, so here's where I come in. Um, I don't know. And first, we need to pre- we haven't gotten into any yet, but uh, we're going to proceed with this conversation as if people are caught up. So I don't want you guys to feel restricted in regards to spoilers. Woohoo! Cool. Yeah. So I I love David Tennant. And I was talking to a buddy about this. I don't know if I if I like him more than Eccleston. Like I was telling a buddy, nobody forgets his first doctor. So I I really did just love Eccleston's doctor i thought it was um dark and fun and just i really enjoyed it but i only had him for 13 episodes right so while i can say cumulatively i like david Tennant more but on a per episode basis i might have to say that i like eccleston more does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Yeah. You know what I, I can't you you know what I can say without a shadow of a doubt? I don't like Matt Smith. Really? Yeah. He like I put up with him for what, four seasons, three seasons? I he started to grow on me towards the end, but I was like and this is how I kind of compare the two. David Tennant, as the doctor, walks into a room, you know he's the cool guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Matt Smith, as the doctor, walks into a room, goes around telling everybody he's the cool guy. See, I, I have a, I have a, a, a bit of a retort, if I may. So, the thing about Matt Smith is, um, he does a little bit of a, like, a physical slapstick in his routine. But one of the things that he did was he, he, he integrated a previous doctor's kind of mannerisms a bit. And that's Patrick Troughton. Patrick Troughton played his doctor as quote unquote, the fool. And because what he would do is he would walk in and he would like an alien would threaten him and he would act scared 
so that the alien would think that the doctor was a weakling and and would not think that the doctor was any threat. And then as as the alien is going through whatever you know a, a evil plan that they're doing, the doctor would foil the alien's plan. So Matt Smith kind of took a, a little bit of that. So you you got a little of Patrick Troughton, you got a little Charlie Chaplin, you got a little. And he, I think, he incorporated okay. some attendance stuff as well. I don't yeah. think, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I actually like Matt Smith. I, he was more funny. It was more, yeah, slapsticky, and you know, like the bow ties are cool and that kind of stuff. The, yeah. the, the liners, I, I liked him, but I, I don't think, yeah, he didn't have the gravity. He, he wasn't scary. Tenet could be scary, and he can turn it from being goofy, and then one second and the next second being making a threat that felt like a true threat. Yeah. But, but Kenny, I, I know exactly what you're saying with respect to like saying you're cool as opposed to being cool, because how many times did he say things were cool? Bow ties are cool. Fezzes are cool. You know, it's like that, that, that's kind of, that's, I think that's a Moffatism. I'm not sure. I can't really <laughs> put my finger on it, but um, you know, if you, I, that became a thing. Fezzes are cool, bow ties are cool, all that. And, and that's more of a line as opposed to yeah. I, as as opposed to Matt Smith saying or Matt Smith's doctor saying, uh, "Aren't I great?" Yeah, but, I I I agree with you. I just still it's the vibe I get from him. Sure. That he's just, he's the type of guy that's walking into a party saying, hey, I'm the cool guy. You guys want to hang out with the cool guy? I'm the cool guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. all right. Uh, segueing into favorite companions. Uh, Kevin, you start. I think, uh, I, actually, I think Ke- uh, Kelly and I could say this both at the same time. You want to do it? Three, two, one. Donna Noble. Noble. Donna Noble. Yeah. <laughs> I have the full name. Yeah. She Um, is by far the, my favorite companion hands down. Yeah. And I think the reason for that, if I think, well, my reason for it, I don't know what Kelly's reason for it. My reason for it is that she's not a love interest. She's more like a a mate, a pal, uh, you know, and they play off, they play off each other better than I think any two companions have ever played off against each other because, you know, you got Catherine Tate playing uh, Donna Noble, a, a great comedian doing this role against uh, David Tennant. And somehow they just had this great chemistry. And, and to me, I don't, I can't think of another pairing that is quite like that. Well, yeah, for me, yeah, I was tired of the love interest. Yeah. Storylines. And the other thing is, is if there's ever going to be a companion who is anything like me, it's Donna Noble. She's the right age. She, her attitude would be my attitude. I don't want to, you know, dude, I don't even know who you're, you're alien. Ugh, I don't want to touch you, but take me around. I want to go places and let's do fun, exciting things. So that's why I liked her so much. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Um, I would have to agree. She's, uh, she's probably in my top. I don't know if she's my favorite. I really I, liked Martha. 
Oh, I was going to say, if you say Rose, I think we have to end this now. No. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the issues with Rose shortly, <laughs> I promise. But I, I just, Martha, I thought she was like very strong in the sense that she was like, yeah, I need to leave because you're not good for me. And I, I really liked that part of her character. And then just, um, like, Rory and Amy, I was fans of. Um, and I guess they, they felt more chummy-chummy than love interest. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I love, my second favorite's Rory. I love that character. I and I probably it's because I like the actor too because I like him on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Darling. Yeah, but I absolutely the and you know that's the romantic in me to have the guy who's willing to wait a hundred or thousand years and do anything for me. I mean, how can you? He is like the ultimate man. How could you not fall in love with him? Yeah. So uh, the way I describe him as the Mickey who wins. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I, that was, that's a good good assessment, I would have to say. Yeah. Wow. And, I've always but, kind of bagged on Rory before. Now <laughs> I should back off a bit. Yeah, because on a, the, seriously, I mean, I liked him, but it, when it was when he was a centurion, that was it. It was yeah. that totally won my heart. Yeah, I get that. And I think it won hers too, because like when uh, Amy first appeared, she was going between the cap uh, the captain. <laughs> The doctor, you know, and Rory, and it was more like Rory was just a placeholder. And as time goes by, and then after that episode, suddenly now, then she realized she was in love with him, really in love with him enough that she gave up the doctor for him. Yeah. And I, I, I love Karen Gillum, Gillen. Yeah. She's actually shortly after I finished uh, watching their their parts on Doctor Who. I watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, yes. uh, of course. Yes. <laughs> and it just, it dawned on me as I'm watching it that she's Nebula. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like... And they actually shaved her head or her hair off. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. In fact, she was at a, I think it was at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and she was up there talking, and she reached up and pulled the wig off. And like threw it to the crowd and went, oh, I need that back. I need that back. I have to have the back. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, no, I can't hear you. Try to speak a little louder. Okay, I'm sorry. You're you're caught up with all Matt Smith stuff. Yes. Okay, so the his his regeneration scene where the last thing he said he sees is Amy, uh, and and she says. Uh, what does she say? You know how Amy walks into the TARDIS and puts his, her hand on him, his cheek or something, and and uh, it's like right at the end of uh, what is it? Um, Time of the Doctor, I think is the name of it. Yeah. Where uh, where he where he's on uh, the planet of Christmas, and I didn't remember that she was in that one. <laughs> it was a secret that she was going to be on and she's at the very end and she's got her red hair and she's wearing that wig. Yeah. 
in fact, both of them are wearing a wig in that scene because uh, because Matt Smith had been doing the uh, Terminator Genesis movie, and so he had no hair. I mean, he was very short cropped, and so both of them were wearing wigs in that scene, in oh, his creation cool. scene. So, in fact, that very last episode, he wears a wig throughout that entire <laughs> And it looks really good. I have yeah. to. Well, okay. So, I do love the regenerations and how they're essentially the only, well, the only two that I can say that I've seen are Tenants and Smiths, where they write their last monologue. Okay. So. So you've seen Eccleston to Tennant and Tennant to Smith? and Well, and then Smith to Capaldi. Capaldi. Okay. But I don't know if, because of the way Eccleston left the show, A, his regeneration monologue wasn't that memorable to me, and I don't know if they let him write it. That I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. I didn't know that they that uh, Smith or Tennant got to write theirs either. Well, no, because because he's like, because Tennant is going. I don't want to leave. Oh yeah. And then Matt Smith is saying, "I will remember every line." Right. And, and those are the two lines that I remember. And I can't. I'm pretty sure my wife told me that they're allowed to write that. I mean, maybe it's pending approval, but see, for me, the most like memorable regeneration is when David Tennant became Matt Smith, and Matt Smith's reaction because he reaches and touches his hair, and he goes, ah, "I'm a girl, I'm a girl." <laughs> that makes me laugh every time I see it. Well, the other thing is the, the regenerations now are much more visual, uh, except for the Smith to Capaldi one, which was just instantaneous. The other ones where they're shooting out gold, you know, TARDIS energy was really, really cool, I think. Um, yeah. Because if you see, it, you can go on YouTube and find every generation of every, do- every doctor that has played the role, and mostly it, it's just, uh, it, it's just like a fade out of one actor's face and then a fade in of the second actor's face. So not really, you know, not really as exciting, but, you know, it just kind of matching the technology of the time. Now it's so much more exciting. Yeah, it really is. Speaking of regenerations, uh, for those people who don't know, Peter Capaldi is leaving after the next series. So, who is our dream next doctor? I like going, I hope they go with an unknown. I know that the people are talking about like, Idris Elba's name keeps coming up. Um, and I don't care. Like I want them to go young again. I think the doctor's better as a young guy. And I think it's cause what three of the four that I've seen are younger. Um, but I'd like him to do an unknown. Okay. I, you know, I see this question all the time. It's like, who do you want as a, a doctor? And I'm, I'm very practical in that, in this respect. I, I don't, I, it's like people say things like Helen Mirren, 
people want to be, see Helen Mirren as the first female doctor, which I, I think the female oh. doctor would be great. Oh, see, I, okay, as, as I don't want a female doctor. Okay. I would rather they bring in a lady time lord somehow. I think I'd rather have that and have it be a different character. And I know in the past he's had a companion that was a lady time lord. Right. But I don't, I think the doctor, with the doctor being a guy, I don't see why that has to change. Yeah, that, that's another, that's another uh, disagreement that a lot yeah. of fans have. But I, if I, who would I, pick? I would definitely go, I agree with Kelly in the sense that I do want somebody unknown. Um, it's like when people start imagining people like Benedict Cumberbatch being the doctor, I'm like, no, BBC can't afford Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And so I, I start thinking more practical. And I'm, unfortunately, I, yeah, I mean, it would re- it'd be really interesting to see Idris Elba, but I think he, I think I don't know if they, the BBC can't afford I don't think they can afford him Idris either. Elba. Well, he's, he's on Luther. Yeah, but, but Benedict Cumberbatch is on Sherlock, and I would okay. Me personally, I would rather he he be do more Sherlock episodes. Yeah, and I mean Idris Elba's next uh, star, uh, next role is the villain in Star Trek Beyond, so he's it's, oh. he's uh he's still I mean working in well, A list. What and he's the blockbusters. This is so bad, and I love Marvel movies, and but I have no idea what the character's name is. He's the gatekeeper. Right, I'm yeah, told. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He he wasn't actually gonna do the second movie because he he thought he he thought the from what I understand he thought that the second movie he his he was gonna cut cut out of or something yeah. or it wasn't enough of a role so I don't know but uh, <laughs> it's like whatever I as long as it's okay all I care about is that they is that they were born in the British Isles. <laughs> and 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 they're good. I don't really care. Oh. Male, female. Oh, okay. I just okay. I don't care about ethnicity for, but eventually I want them to have a redhead. Because like twice now he's gone. Oh, still not a ginger. I want him to be a ginger. <laughs> okay. Well, so my dream doctors. I'm thinking about as we're as we're chatting. I would like to see uh, Maisie Williams. Interesting. As uh, who is currently uh, Arya Stark? I think she would be awesome, and she was also just on the show, so I don't know how that would work. Well, so you haven't seen the end of the last season, so you don't know how her story wraps up. Okay, that's true. All right, and then um, I don't think they could afford Emma Watson, but I think that would be awesome as the Doctor. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, but the person I think who could do it amazingly, Tatiana Maslany. Orphan Black. Yeah, I know. Kelly was giving, giving, no, 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 I know. I thought you were giving me a quizzing, quizzing look, so. Even though I don't watch the show, I'm geeky enough to know, like, people <laughs> like, in it. Like, the way I've seen her, like, first of all, I don't know how she doesn't win every... Yeah. Emmy every year for a best actress and best supporting actress. She should be <laughs> the only one nominated five times. <laughs> she should be she should be paid her character. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. Know? I mean, she's she's doing the work of how many actresses? <laughs> it's amazing. 
It's, I, I think she's underpaid. Whatever she's being paid, she's underpaid. <laughs> That's so, so very true. But, um, okay, I've, I've kept you guys uh, for a very, very long time. Let's begin to wrap up. And speaking of wrapping up, who do you think had the more tragic fate? Rose at the end of season two? Donna at the end of season four? Or uh, Amy and Rory uh, whenever they left? Kelly, you can take this one. Okay, so first of all, Rose ended up with the doctor. Might not have been her perfect doctor, but she ended up with the doctor with all the same memories. I'm saying at the end of season two. Isn't that when she went through the portal? It's when she was separated from him. Oh. She got the clone of him at the end of season three, I think. Oh, okay. 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 Where the doctor says Rose and then disappears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I personally think by far the most tragic. And, and I don't think Rory, I don't think Rory and, uh, and Amy's is tragic because they were together. I agree. So, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. I think the, the tragic one is, uh, is definitely Donna's. She lost everything. Your memories are everything. And he took that away from her. And I remember seeing that thinking I would be so, I would tell him, no, I would rather die and keep those mem- and have my memories and, and be whole than to have that taken away from me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of on board on that as well. Cause you know, what was the episode? Was it, um, is where, uh, the master came back and, um, and so she was seeing, she was, uh, she, her mind had already been wiped, and it was the danger was that if she started seeing these freaky things, she would. Uh, it, that was the one with the cars, wasn't it? Where they were like expelling all the toxics, because I know her yeah. grandfather was in that one. Yeah. Well, actually, it was it was the master one. It was the last one with um, John Sims as the master. Is that two-parter? And he knocks her out, right? Well, there, where everybody in the, on the planet turns into the master, and she's like in this alleyway, and and there's like four or five versions of the master like converging on her, and she like kind of blows up or mm-hmm. something, like, and this wave knocks all of the, the the masters down, and she falls unconscious, and that was, you know. And she didn't know what has happened, but you start to realize that she is starting to remember stuff and it's ripping her apart. Mm-hmm. And that it, to me is, is rather tragic. Yeah. yeah. The doctor had to do that to her for her own good. Uh, basically removing every memory that she ever had yeah. uh, about that. And I have to say, Kenny, that remember that, uh, that, solution to Donna's problem because that solution uh, is uh, figures into the end of the most recent episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. By, and by the way, the person who I think is like second most tragic story is River Song. And I know you hate her, but still, I think her story is, is seriously, that whole story is tragic. Um, do you hate River? Do you hate River? You don't, I know you're not, you're not fond of her, right? I, I'm not a big fan. Like, are we talking about her getting trapped in the library? Uh, well, if you look at the whole, I think the the thing that hurt my heart the most, I just watched on YouTube, someone had t- taken her story and put it in chronological order. 
Okay. And one of the most things that made me like my heart hurt was when she kissed, uh, she's getting going back into her prison cell and she's <laughs> kissing Matt Smith and he, and he, she's like, why are you doing this? We always do this. And he goes, no, this is the first time. And she knows that it's going to be the last time she's ever going to get to kiss him. Okay. See, I, I, I don't like that because <laughs> first of all, a future version of her, like, their timelines are not running backwards to each other. No. They're just running intermittently. So just because it was his first kiss doesn't mean it was her last kiss. And, and technically it wasn't. Yeah. But, so... still, but it was still sad. It was just... And... um. Oh, so you've obviously seen the the library. Was it Silence in the Library? Is that what it's called? That episode. Silence in the Library. There was two episodes. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the one where she dies. Right. right. In so, the so first the, episode, you see her. Right. And, and so when she's dying, and she looks at him, and she goes, "You knew this is how I was going to die the entire time we knew each other. You knew how I was going to die." Yeah, that. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> heartbreaking for her. Heartbreaking for him, knowing he knows exactly when. The last time he's ever, ever going to see her or that time when the doctor's name, when, when, uh, when she's, uh, like the hologram, she's not a hologram because only yeah. he can see, you know, and she goes, she goes, how do you know I'm here? And he goes, I always know when you're here. It's like those kind of things where I'm just like, oh, it's just so sad. They're like star crossed and, and stuff. Yeah, I still just don't like her. <laughs> my opinion she has one of the all-time one of my all-time favorite lines in the, the reboot and it's the uh, it's the episode let's kill hitler <laughs> where a german officer says what are you doing here i'm reading this from off my phone and and river song says well i was on my way to this gay gypsy bar mitzvah for the disabled when i suddenly thought gosh the third reich's a bit rubbish i think i'll kill the fuhrer who's with me <laughs> I absolutely adore that. That, but, is, yeah. that is a great, a great line. Uh, and, you know, I think I just don't, didn't enjoy her, her origin story. If, oh, you're talking about Melody Pond and... Yeah. Turns out to be Amy's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spoiler for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just like, meh, okay. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> You're not alone. Well, I, you know, I think that's a Moffat thing though. Cause like the, the uh, thing that I keep getting all excited about for, for uh, bringing up in Wacovians is the face of Bose and who the face of Bose oh, yeah, is. Yeah, that's great. Don't let's not spoil that one. <laughs> um, I was so excited when that happened. I like leaned forward in the couch and I was like, what? And uh, Veronica was just looking at me, giggling the entire time. You need to find interviews where uh, the face of Bose talks about how excited he was when he found out who he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but technically, it's also not official. Yeah, that's true. By the way, speaking of all this, have you watched Torchwood? Yes. Okay, did you like Torchwood? Because I like Torchwood a lot. I loved Torchwood. Um, I really, I liked it a lot. I didn't like 
the last miniseries they did, yeah. but the one yeah. before that, like it was like Children of Earth or something. Uh huh. Um, I thought that one was really great, where like essentially everybody dies. Um, <laughs> the, the last episode of the, of the actual series, everyone dies. Also true. Also yeah. true. Uh, but I didn't like how they left they left it up for a cliffhanger. And then never did anything with it. Yeah. And they said they're never going to. And I'm like, well, now I don't have any resolution. <laughs> All right. So uh, wrapping up, I, normally I ask people about go-to nerd or fitness resources, but we kind of already shared those with the Epic Win app and the Rock Clock. Um, so where can people connect with you? Uh, well, we are at... Uh, wetpodcast at gmail.com we have a twitter which is at wetpodcast and uh, we're actually we're actually going to get our own wet hoovians versions of all of these platforms but oh sorry that's Kelly's phones that is like all the phones all the phones are going off I know. Sorry. And Kelly runs back to the chair. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. What was I saying? (laughs) We're Uh, getting our own wet. Yeah, what could be version? Yeah, so so really the a good just following us on Twitter and uh, and and if you wanna if you. It's like I we say this on our episodes every now and then. If you want us to, if you want, if you have an idea for what how we're going to uh, look at a certain episode, or if you have a comment you want to make, or tell us that we're really completely bonkers about something, <laughs> or we're, we're treating Rose like you know we shouldn't be treating Rose, then uh, then go to WEC Podcast at gmail.com and uh and we will we will read it oh and one more thing we also do uh katie and i uh do a podcast called growing up 70s where we take a 70s show it has to just have showed an episode in the 70s and we talk about it because those are the shows from our childhood and i've actually been uh referring people to that podcast uh here and there um, especially when I know people will appreciate it. <laughs> so I, and I, I love the growing up seventies and I didn't watch half the shows you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the good thing about me TV now. Cause it, <laughs> it airs all these shows. Excellent. And, uh, finally, first, thank you both very, very much for giving up part of your Wednesday night to chat with me. Give me a little bit of a, a doctor who break in the middle of all this moving. <laughs> but what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the podcast? Don't look well, at me. <laughs> if you're talking about, you know, since you do, you know, partner part fitness uh, podcast, I would just say um, this could even have to do with kind of what we're doing, you and and us at the Web Podcast is. Do whatever you're going to do, just do it. 
you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about how it's going to, how it's going to sound, what it's going to look like, how you're going to look like, you know, at the gym. If you're, if you're at the gym and you're worried about people staring at you or whatever, you know, try and get over those uh, anxieties because most of the time nobody's watching, nobody's paying attention. And it's much better to actually just do it and get it out of the way than, you know, worrying about it and then never writing that novel or never doing that podcast or never going to the gym. So just get out there and do it. Absolutely. Okay. And mine is do things that make you happy. Don't worry about anything else. Just, you know, as long as you don't hurt other people. (laughs) <laughs> do things that make you happy. Uh, in fact, I've been on my, my personal Twitter. I've been trying to put things out there and like hashtagging with things that make me happy. Just, just so that I you know don't dwell on the, so no negativity, just trying to be as positive as possible. Here, here. That's awesome. And I think those, ju- we can combine the two. Just do the things that make you happy. Exactly. Hey, that's good. I like that. <laughs> All right. And they, what was that? I said that'll work. (laughs) And on that note, Dragons, thank you for taking time out of your day to give us another listen. As usual, please rate, review us on iTunes. It does help our rankings. It actually does help me a whole heck of a lot. And until next time, work out, nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.